Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Live in Victory podcast. My name is Christian Conway, as always, joined by Max Keen. But sadly, today, Jonathan Krauss was not able to join us. He's actually on a retreat right now, somewhere off in, in the woods, partying for Jesus. So we're excited for that. He's uh, he's one of the worship leaders on the retreat. So he's able to uh, help all the people on the retreat to just be able to worship Christ through music. And we're really excited for that. We're really uh, praising the Lord that he has an opportunity like this to make the make a difference in some lives uh, some college students' lives, because we know that college and, and young adulthood is a time when a lot of people stray from Christ. So to see that there's retreats going off that are praising Christ and that are helping college students to maintain strong relationships with Christ is, is really, really encouraging. So we're excited for him and we're praying for him this weekend. But other than that, how are you doing today, Max? I'm pretty good, I think. <laughs> it's the weekend, so I'm excited about that. It was a very overwhelming week, so it sort of Recovering from that was nice. <laughs> overwhelming school-wise, overwhelming because you went to too many parties. Um, overwhelming because of too much news. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So good right. things, bad things, mix of everything. <laughs> Just once you hear a ton of stuff it, that impacts you, it's like your mind just starts going. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into today's topic, which as you guys know, we're currently going through our series in the book of Philippians. Last week, we started by looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And this week, we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 18 in Philippians chapter 1. So this passage is coming on the heels of what we looked at last week, which was Paul was writing a letter to this church in Philippi, one of the churches that he actually planted on a missionary journey of his. And he's writing this letter to them to encourage them, to let them know that he's praying for them and to help them to to follow his example or to see how he's working for Christ day in and day out. And this this section of the letter is really interesting because it kind of goes in in contradiction to what you would expect Paul to say about a topic like this. So I'm really excited to get into it. And I guess I'll start in chapter 12. So in chapter 12, it says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And I want us to kind of understand the context of this this phrase, because unless we know what is happening to Paul, then we can't really understand how what is happening to him is advancing the gospel. So Paul right now is under house arrest in Rome. And we know that from the book of Acts, and then also later in the book of Philippians, how we can see this context that Paul Paul was arrested for sharing the gospel of Christ, that the government wanted to shut down Christianity and shut down the, the good news of Christ. And one of the ways that they chose to do that was to take Paul and to put him in prison. So Paul is writing this from prison and he's telling the Philippians that what has happened to him has served to advance the gospel. Now, you're probably curious, you're like, how is being in jail serving to advance the gospel? Isn't that, you know, crushing his opportunities to share the gospel and, and things of that sort? Well, as we get into this or today's passage, we're actually going to see how Paul has taken this situation that he's in and has used it to help advance the gospel. He's used it to show other people the gospel of Christ and and make the most of his situation. So 
I actually, I'm going to move on to verse 13 because I think that this helps us get some clues and get some insight into that. He says, uh, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So he's saying that, so a little bit more context, when Paul's in house arrest, it was tradition or custom back then for them to handcuff the jailer to the prisoner. So if Paul's in house arrest, then they would have a handcuff that connected Paul's wrist to the wrist of a soldier at all times. And the soldiers would rotate, but this only served to help Paul even more because he said that the entire Imperial Guard and all the rest that are in that prison and all the rest who are around him heard the gospel because of his presence in the prison. So Paul was taking this this opportunity, which most of us would not look at as an opportunity. Most of us would see that and be like, man, he's, he's imprisoned. He can't share the gospel with anybody in prison. But Paul was looking at it as, I'm sitting here in prison and they just keep rotating new guards to me. They, they're rotating new guards every single day. And every single day I get a new person with whom I can share the gospel. And this actually, this was really convicting to me because right now I'm going through a, a period in my life where I'm trying to find relationships with non-believers so I can share the gospel with them. Because that's an important part of a Christian's life is having relationships with non-believers who, to whom they can be a light and shine their light. And for me, I'm working at a church, going to seminary, uh, hanging out with church friends all the time. I have very few opportunities to hang out with people outside the church. And the free time that I do have is very limited, and it's not enough for me to go off and find groups of friends and and to find opportunities to, to be around non-believers and to do life with them. And for me, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, how can I do this? And, you know, it's really a struggle. But I have no excuses. If Paul was literally in prison, still finding ways to share the gospel with non-believers, then I have no excuses because I am free to go out and to to go to the park or to go to, you know, a sports field or, or wherever it may be to make relationships with non-believers. I have the freedom to do that. Freedom that Paul did not have. But Paul, in this situation, was still finding ways to do it. So, for me, I was like, what's my excuse? How am I making excuses for not being able to have relationships with non-believers if Paul was literally sitting in prison, literally could not leave the, the house that he was in and still finding ways to have relationships and to share the gospel with non-believers? He was saying that the gospel is being advanced because of his imprisonment. Well, I'm asking myself, how is the gospel being advanced because of my relationships and interactions with non-believers? So that's something that really stuck out to me in these first two verses. And I hope that that you guys can have some similar thoughts if you're not uh, sharing the gospel actively or have relationships in which your goal is to share the gospel with people, then maybe that should be a question for you too, is how are you, how are you doing this? What is your excuse? Why are you not sharing the gospel with people in your life every single day? Yeah, this sort of reminds me of, um, <laughs> well, COVID, if you guys remember, everyone being stuck at home, like not able to do anything. And I was upset because I was supposed to go on a missions trip last summer and it ended up not working out because of COVID. And just thinking of like, okay, how, how can we share the gospel when we're supposed to stay six feet apart and we're supposed to stay home and wear masks and all that. Um, and I was really blessed to have a friend who was like, Hey, let's start a podcast together. Um, and so even in times where you can't physically be with people, God has allowed us so many different ways to where we can 
shine our lights for people to where we can be um, a light for people. And especially in a time where it was very dark and very difficult for people. Um, you know, you look at a bunch of different statistics about depression and um, just how people were feeling like a lack of love during the time of COVID. And we're able to be a light for people like that. And we're thankful that, you know, it's not as bad as it was. Um, all the restrictions back, you know, a year, year and a half ago. But there are still times where it's difficult for a lot of people. Um, and we want to be an encouragement and be a light for people. And so take whatever opportunities you can to to share the gospel with others, um, because that's what God calls us to do. We're supposed to um, share the gospel and even disciple others, too. You know, while we're supposed to evangelize to others, we can disciple other believers as well and take time to come alongside them um, and help them in their relationships with Christ and help grow them. Um, you know, oftentimes I hear it said, like, evangelism is useless if you don't come alongside them and help them post-conversion. Um, because if you your goal is only to lead them to Christ, then how, how are they going to know how to grow in their faith? You know, you can tell them to go to a church, but unless you come alongside them and help them, it'll be very difficult for them um, uh, to grow in their faith. So that's just sort of <laughs> something I wanted to say along those lines. But um, continuing in verse 14 of Philippians 1, he said, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You know, this this verse kind of seems contrary to what most people would say. You would think that because um, Paul is imprisoned because of his faith, other people would be like, oh, well, I don't want to go to prison. Like, I, I'm not going to share my faith. Um, but we hear, see here that most other believers are being encouraged by this. You know, they're seeing Paul and they're like, you know what? Even though he's in prison, I'm still going to be bold for Christ. I'm going to share the gospel with others. And that's very, very contrary to what people would do or say today. They're so quick to live in fear um, when it comes to sharing their gospel. But we can be encouraged that good things can happen when we share the gospel. In fact, it's a great thing to share the gospel. Even when um, persecution or tough times arise out of it, it's still a good thing. You know, we're blessed to live in America, at least Christian and I are. Um, I don't know where you're listening from. Most people are listening from America. But we're blessed to be able to not have persecution in the same way that Paul has had it. And that should encourage us even more to be bold for the gospel. Um, and we're seeing that even people in the times of scripture, um, like post-Christ, it's like they were so ready to share the gospel, no matter what. We see the disciples um, in Acts, they were encouraged because they were suffering for the sake of the gospel. And that is not the mindset that we have <laughs> in today's society. It's like we want to avoid suffering at all costs. We want to avoid um, 
being looked at as a Jesus freak. You know, we want to fit in with the people around us. Um, but that's not what scripture calls us to. We're supposed to be bold for the gospel and even find joy in times that are difficult for the sake of the gospel. And so continuing in verse 15, it says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. So we see that, um, there are people who are preaching the gospel and some are doing it for their own gain. Some are doing it for, um, for the gain of the gospel, for Christ's sake in his name. And oftentimes we see this around today where people are preaching false gospels, false truths um, for themselves. And it's a little bit different because in today's society, when people are preaching false gospels, it's not even the true gospel. They're not saying the truth. They're twisting the truth. But back when Paul is saying this, he's saying that some are preaching the real gospel for themselves, but some are preaching it for Christ. Um, he says in verse 16, the latter, which is the ones who do it out of goodwill, do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Um, so he's saying that those who are um, doing it from a goodwill to further the kingdom of Christ, they're doing it out of love. Um, and they know that even though Paul is, even though Paul is in prison, he's um, been an encouragement to them to continue to preach the gospel and be faithful to the gospel. And so that encourages me, like, how can I be more bold for the gospel? And like I said earlier, in a time that we're able to be free to do whatever um, we want for the sake of the gospel to encourage and to love and to, um, you know, <laughs> as I was thinking, um, living for Christ is, is something that people want. Like the, the attributes that come out of following Christ are things that people want. When looking at the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so on and so forth, it's like people, those are all good things. And even non-believers will be like, oh, yeah, I, I want those things. You know, we can show those things in our lives and have that be a light um, for those around us. Because if you ask how many people have love in their life, have joy in their life, have peace in their life, I'm sure not very many of them will say that they have um, all three or even two of those three in their lives. And so we're able to be a light living by the fruit of the spirit. If we're, if we have the spirit within us, those things should be inevitable in our lives. And so we can encourage others through that. And we see that Paul, even though he's in prison, those who are around him are still encouraging him in the faith and are still being lights to those around him, even though persecution may arise. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's an awesome, um, that's an awesome example. And I do want to go to a story in the book of Acts, because in the book of Acts, we see a story that's very similar to the story he's telling here in Philippians. 
And we know that it's not the same story because in the book of Philippians, uh, he, he is writing from a Roman jail, whereas in the story in Acts I'm about to read, he goes to a Philippian jail. Um, but this story is actually a time from when he was in Philippi planting this church. So the Philippians are are very well uh, acquainted with the idea that Paul has to go to the has to go to prison because people are are selfish and and envious. So in Acts chapter sixteen, verses uh, sixteen all the way through. 40, which I'm not going to read all the verses. I'm, I'm going to summarize the story for you. We see this story of Paul and Silas. So Paul and Silas are on their missionary journey in Philippi. And there's this girl who is, she's possessed by an evil spirit. And she goes out and, and she's a slave girl. So her owners are making money because they take her out on the street. And then she starts to fortune tell to people on the street. She starts to, um, the, the spirit inside of her is empowering her to do these things, these supernatural things. And her owners are making money off of her work. But Paul and Silas come and they see that she is in bondage to this evil spirit. So Paul comes and in the name of Christ, he casts out the spirit, casts the spirit out of this little girl. And then the owners, it says, the owners saw that their hope of profit was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And then they they told the rulers to bring them to jail, to arrest them because of what they had done, because they had taken money from them by taking this spirit away from the girl. And so Paul and Silas were sent to prison. And we as, we as Christians today might be like, man, that, that really hurts their ministry that they're sent to prison. But the very next section, the end of chapter 16, we see that Paul and Silas go to prison. And while they're in prison, they end up converting the jailer because they were singing and praying to God. And then all of a sudden, God sent an earthquake to open the foundations of the prison and to open all the doors. And the jailer woke up and he was about to kill himself because he knew that if all of these prisoners escaped, that it would be on his head and he'd be punished for it. So he'd rather kill himself than have to face that punishment. But Paul said, don't harm yourself, for we are all still here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, it says he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So this is another story of Paul and Silas being sent to prison on false accounts because they did something that glorified God. But while they were in prison, God used them to help bring about the salvation of this jailer. So in the same way, in this passage we're looking at in Philippians today, Paul is saying God's doing the same thing. God is in control of all things and he knows that. So he has perfect faith when he's able to be sent to, to prison or he's wherever God sends him, he has faith that God is going to use it for God's glory. And that at the end of the day, that's what Paul wants. And I think that's what we're going to get to as we close out the passage here is we're going to see Paul's passion for the gospel. And I, it's really, really admirable because Paul, above all things, seeks that the gospel gets out. So as we get into verse 17, he so as Max just read in verse 16, he talked about those who did it out of love who proclaimed the gospel out of love. But now we get to verse 17, where he says, the former, which is the group who proclaimed the gospel out of envy and rivalry. He says, the former proclaimed Christ. He says, the former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So this group of people, the only reason they're sharing the gospel is because they want to afflict Paul. They want to, uh, in, in another translation, the HCSB, it said, seeking to cause me anxiety in my imprisonment. So this group is is sharing the gospel, and we're not sure how exactly they wanted to afflict Paul in prison by sharing the gospel. But maybe 
Paul would get in trouble if there were more people out there who were sharing the gospel. And so they did that so that the prisoners or the, the jailers would attribute that to Paul and his influence and punish him again for that. Or uh, you, we're not exactly sure how they were trying to do that, but we do know that by sharing the gospel, they were trying to afflict Paul. Maybe they were trying to gain reputation for themselves. Maybe they had seen that Paul had good influence with the people in the church and they wanted that same kind of influence. They wanted to surpass Paul in his trustworthiness and they wanted to share the gospel for their glory, not for the glory of God. And this is really telling in their spirit because we see that Paul and all of his writings and the things that he does, we see that the gospel, that he was eternally minded, that the gospel was the first and foremost thing in his mind, that his greatest concern when sharing the gospel was that people would get to know Christ. He didn't care about his personal success. If he sh- shared the gospel his whole life and never once saw anybody come to salvation, but knew that behind the scenes, God was doing, doing a work, he would have been content because he had learned to be content in all situations. And at the end of the day, I think this comes back to a verse that Paul also wrote in a different book, in the book of Romans. And this is one of the most famous verses uh, regarding evangelism in the entire Bible. And that's Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul is saying here that the gospel He is not ashamed of the gospel because he knows that the gospel is God's power of salvation to everybody. And so he wants everybody to understand that and to to get that message regardless of what it costs him. And in verse 18, we see how he closes this out. He says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. So Paul is saying that he does not care how God is proclaimed. He doesn't care how the gospel goes out whether it's somebody with truthful motives or false motives, all that he cares about is that the gospel does get preached. And so we see this whole situation. We see that these people were trying to afflict Paul. They were trying to share the gospel in a way that hurt Paul or, or caused more punishment for him in prison. But at the end of the day, they were just causing him to rejoice. By sharing the gospel, we see that they were causing Paul to rejoice. And that's one thing we know in this passage is that these people were not preaching a false gospel because Paul in other areas of scripture pointed out people who were preaching a false gospel and he he condemned them for that. He told them to stop and he he warned people against them. But in this passage, he is praising the people for sharing the gospel. He's not praising them because of their motives. He's not saying that they're doing it in the right way, but he is praising the fact that the gospel is getting shared because it is the true gospel that they're sharing. Whatever their motives, they are sharing the true gospel and more people are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. So that is an awesome, awesome attitude for Paul to have. That's an attitude that we ought to try to imitate today. We ought to try to have the same attitude that Paul has, where if we see the gospel getting preached, that we rejoice, regardless of what the the situation is or the circumstances. If the truth of the gospel is going out, we ought to rejoice as Paul rejoiced in this passage. So Paul has so much joy because of everything that's happening around him. You know, he's at a spot where the worst circumstances, you know, are going around him. He's pre or he's in prison and people are preaching out of false motives. And it's like everything around him could be shaken. His faith could be shaken because of this. But we see here that Paul is rejoicing because of the sake of the gospel. You know, he counts the gospel more important than anything that he's going through. Any, experience that he has with him and he's rejoicing in that 
and I wonder how often we were able to rejoice in tough situations. Like, even if good things are coming out of it, we're so quick to be like, oh, I'm just having a really bad day, and I just don't want to do anything. But Paul, he's here. He's rejoicing in the fact that all these things are, all these bad things are happening to him because he sees the greatness of the gospel, and he's counting that as way more important than anything that he's going through. And that's encouraging to me because I know that there have been some crazy things happening already this semester, and it can be very quick for me to be down, to be upset, um, and to be discouraged. But I can be encouraged because I know that many of the things going on are for the sake of, in my case, not as much um, proclamation of the gospel, but discipleship with people around me and encouraging those around me. Um, and I want to be able to help those that are near me and um, point them back to Christ. And so whatever situations are going on in your life, take that time and opportunity to point it back to Christ because, I mean, he is... He saved our souls, and that's more important than anything we can do on earth. Um, you know, this life is just a tiny little piece of eternity. And <laughs> it's like, man, we get so stuck on these small little things in our lives. And I do too, all the time, we get so stuck on these little things. And yet the God of the universe of creation, you know, he sees us. He probably is like laughing like, hey, that's, <laughs> you think that's a big deal? I mean, like, I'm here to help you. Like, chill out a little bit. <laughs> but we can get so hung up on all these little things when we should be taking every opportunity we can to encourage fellow believers and to be a light to those who don't know the gospel. And so we're able to rejoice even in difficult circumstances that God is good. Yeah, this passage is so, so encouraging to us as Christians. And before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys, because it's always good to have the gospel preached to you. It's always good to remind yourself of the gospel. And if you're listening to this episode and you're like, what even is the gospel? What is this thing that you guys keep talking about? The gospel is this. The gospel is that we as human beings were created to be in relationship with God. But then we fell away from that. We sinned and we separated ourselves from God. There's nothing that we can do to remove our sin. There's nothing we can do to restore our relationship with God. And apart from him, we are, we are damned and condemned to an eternity in hell. The good news of the gospel is that God saw this problem and he sent Jesus Christ, his perfect son, to come down to this earth and to live a perfect life, a life free of sin, uh, a life that we could never live. And by doing this, he was able to offer himself as a perfect sacrifice on the cross to make up for all of our sins and to wash them away with his blood. So he commands us now to believe in his name and to repent of our sins. And if we do those two things, if we believe in him and repent of our sins, then we will receive salvation. All of our sins will be washed away and we'll be reconciled to a relationship with God. We'll be restored to a relationship with him and we will get to spend eternity by his side. That is the gospel news. If you have any questions or any comments or anything that you'd like to ask us about that, please, please, please feel free to reach out.
we always love talking about the gospel. That is why we started this podcast in the first place is because we want to get the gospel news out there and we don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. Now, our, I, now our Bible memory verse for this week is going to be the last verse of our section, Philippians 1.18. It says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. So Paul is saying that he doesn't care how the gospel is presented as long as the gospel is presented. And in that he rejoices. So that's our challenge for you this week. Do you, do you share the gospel in your life? And when you see other people sharing it, do you rejoice or are you jealous? Do you rejoice that the gospel news is getting out there? Or are you angry that they're taking some glory away from you and giving it to God? When you share the gospel, do you give glory to yourself or do you give that glory to God? These are all things that we want to reflect on because our heart attitude and the way we share the gospel reflects on the way that we have a relationship with God and what our true motives are. So if you guys have, like I said, if you have any questions or comments, you can always reach us. You can reach me or Max or Jonathan. You can reach us at Christian, Max, or Jonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can also reach us all three with one email at general, or sorry, at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can reach us on Facebook or Instagram at Living Victory Podcast, or you can reach out to us any other way, any way you see fit, any, anytime, anywhere, anytime. If you see us in person, ask us questions. We always, always, always love to answer your questions. We would also love for you guys to support the show. If you guys are wondering how you can help support us get the gospel out there, there's a few ways you can do it. The first way is to share an episode with a friend. Share this episode or any of our other episodes. This is, I believe, our 76th episode. So we have 76 episodes for you to share with somebody in your life who may need to hear the gospel truth that is proclaimed in one of the episodes. And if you share the, the episode with a friend, it helps helps our listener numbers to get up and helps us to rise up the charts to get more eyes and ears on the gospel. Also, if you, uh, if you leave us a rating and review on whatever plat- podcast platform you listen to, then we also rise up the charts and that helps us get more eyes and ears on the gospel through this podcast. If you'd really like to help the show that you can donate, you can go to livingvictorypodcast.com slash donate. And we have a PayPal link where you can donate money to us. And our promise to you is that every cent that you donate will go back into sharing the gospel. And we did our summer mission trip over the, or our Living Victory evangelism trip over the summer, uh, just a, about a month and a half ago. And that was an amazing, amazing experience. We shared the gospel with, with hundreds of people. We used sketchboard evangelism and one-on-one evangelism. We handed out Bible tracts, and it was all because of you guys and the money that you have given to us. So we thank you for that. And at the end of the day, we would not be able to do this show without you. So we thank you for being a faithful listener. We thank you for all you do for us, and we thank you for coming back each week. Most of all, though, we thank you for being a light for Christ and for sharing his gospel with people in your life. So as we get out of here, I want to encourage you guys in that. I want to remind you guys to share the gospel, to find opportunities where you can share the gospel and you can be a light to this world. And as always, love each other and shine your light.